Welcome to Industry 4.0. Hello and good morning to Industry 4.0. Uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks, I'm now joined by everybody. This is recorded on Sunday morning, October 1st. So welcome to the month of Halloween, everybody. We'll probably have a Halloween-themed episode later in the month for you guys. But uh, good morning, guys. How's it going? How are you guys doing this on this fine morning? I got a cup of coffee. I'm doing well. Nice, me too. I'm nice and caffeinated now, and uh, that was a nice and spooky intro, Slavin. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to wear the blanket for the next episode as we get closer <laughs> to Halloween. <laughs> I am nice and tired and not caffeinated, but still feeling good. So Yes. Well, uh, we do have some interesting news today. We had a lot of stuff going on with the Amazon coverage. We had a lot of stuff going on with the... Uh, Google event upcoming, um, but jumping straight into the first topic, I'm going to just jumpstart this and then I have to let my dog in the room because she's begging to get in. But there were some new GPS chips that were uh, created recently and they're going to be featured in 2018 smartphones. Um, they are leaps and bounds better than any other GPS and, and especially the ones that are currently in modern smartphones. Um, has anybody had a chance to read into this or does anybody? Yeah. Uh, I've been looking a little bit at it. Um, it's looking like Broadcom's announcing that they're improving accuracy of GPS. These GPS trips, uh, are an improvement from five meter accuracy to 30 centimeters, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I can say that personally, I am going to be very excited to see how this works because just recently I was in Dallas driving on the freeway. And I don't know if any of you have driven in Dallas, but the highway system out there, um, not saying anything negative, but there's a lot of different options. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so the, G- the GPS will be like, yeah, bear to the right and take this route. And I, I start to do so. And then it splits into like three different directions. And if you don't pick the right one, it literally adds 10 minutes to your trip just like that. So I was like yeah. trying, trying to, uh, catch a flight and <laughs> it Even was a close call. Looking to Philly. I've seen this like I've seen the GPS freak out on roads like 76 where you've got two roads running parallel to it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's like I'll be going down 76 and it'll be like, uh, Oh, in a quarter mile merge left onto 76. And I'm like, wait, I'm already there. And then like the GPS carries me off onto a side street for a second and then it has to reroute itself. And yeah, I'm just like panicking because my exit's coming up and I'm not sure where it is. Sometimes I love that though, if I'm on my way to work or something and that happens and it's like, oh man, I'm going to be like five minutes late. And then you see that that's happened and really it takes 10 minutes off the time. You're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's will even be still good. great for cities like Pittsburgh too. Like you were saying, Dallas is going to be good. Pittsburgh is like all just bridges and tunnels going straight up. Yeah. So you, you could be in the same area, but you could, you need to be three roads below you. So it'll Enough. be, it's going to be good. Yeah, another improvement on top of the the accuracy improvement is that it's supposed to consume half of the power of today's uh, GPS chips that are in most phones, which I know is a huge problem for me because if I want to use the GPS like navigation or walking directions when I'm not near a power source, kind of difficult because it really drains the battery, heats the phone up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they were saying this new chip is going to come with a dual-core ARM processor on it. So it looks like it's just the the power saving is going to be coming from offloading that 
math required for GPS onto the processor on the chip itself, which is really nice. And the fact that they're fitting this all into a 25 nanometer form factor <laughs> is incredible. So cool. Like it's, it's some awesome new technology that people are going to start seeing in 2018 smartphones. So the yeah. fact that we're getting a consumer grade GPS this powerful is incredible. Like the, anything yeah. better than this is military. The so. future is now. Yeah. <laughs> and especially with things like Project Tango and with um, all this new AR coming out, it'll be nice to see uh, GPS being accurate enough to keep up with any of the location specific virtual reality that you might, or a augmented reality that people might want to implement. Yeah. Could this so. be like an, an internal mapping as well for uh, when walking, let's say in a mall? I don't know how well like the GPS signal will penetrate through buildings, but right. um, it's very dependent on that. On that, but I know Google's working on trying to get like an inter like indoor navigation mm -hmm. uh, going. Well, at the very least, this will be far more accurate because the algorithm that they use to run the GPS on this chip is. Typically when you're in a city, I don't know if anybody's ever noticed this, but when you're in like closer to center city where there's a lot of large glass buildings, there's um, you can sometimes have a hard time finding a very accurate signal because it's bouncing off all the glass in the right. city. And yeah. what this one will do is it will stop searching for signals after it gets the first one that gets to it. So it depends. No matter where you're at, it's only going to rely on the strongest signal. So... Well, Hopefully, it, with that, it does improve they with, specific, like, indoor technology. Yeah, they well, like like akin to what you're saying, Matt. They they mentioned specifically in the article how well it works in what they call a city's concrete canyons. Um, this mm -hmm. IEEE article that would lead me to believe that um, you know indoor communication with GPS satellites is not going to be a big issue. Um, yeah, especially when you're considering the 30 centimeter degree of accuracy at when it's working efficiently that's not like yeah that's not what room you're in in the house that's like what seat you're on on the couch yeah and <laughs> kind of to carry off what you were mentioning with the ar uh in implementation of this or i guess integration of this um what we were talking about a couple episodes ago matt walking down the street and seeing um you know a menu for whatever store you're passing this is mm -hmm. what's going to really make that kind of pop you know yeah you're, oh you're in front of dunkin donuts come on in there's free coffee today you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And this will be good for the Google's new um, Google Lens that they're going to be coming out with yeah. later in the year, which is like basically that. It's an augmented reality for storefronts and um, like reviews of stores. So it's some exciting stuff coming through the pipeline for phone technology. And maybe if you're if you're satisfied with your phone this year, wait until a 2018 smartphone and mm -hmm. get a phone with a much improved GPS. You know what I'd like to so. see is a a, ge a very precise geotag on photos by our Ryan Thompson and Irvin Lucas. Yes. You like this view? Here's where it was taken. Yes. And keep that a secret. <laughs> All of your photography. Here my yeah. spots, you know. <laughs> and uh, segue. You know what else uh, a GPS would help out with? It would. It might help us pinpoint exactly where Equifax went wrong with <laughs> the latest news oh. this week. <laughs> <laughs> because we have some, to beat the horse further, we have more Equifax news. We have two stories that are developing over the last week. Um, the first of which is that they acquired ID Watchdog, which was a leading identity protection and resolution services company. So a lot of people are now beginning to speculate that they did this since they, this happened week or so before they unveiled the breach. 
that they even possibly intended to profit off of this breach. So anybody who signs up for ID Watchdog, uh, Equifax is getting a cut of the money that you're spending to make sure that Equifax's data isn't in the wrong hands. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> like this, like I think we can officially move them past Uber. Like I know we talked yeah. about that before, oh, but a hundred percent. Is this is like a, so is this something like elaborate like garbage scheme to switch the market that they're in from credit investigation into identity protection? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very convenient time to pivot to that market, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'll make a publicity stunt. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh hey, also we'll you can subscribe to our service for this little fee, and then you'll be able to make sure your identity is safe. No worries. Yeah, you know, just give us more money. And, and the sad like, part is, like, they're going to survive all this. They're going to just be yeah. just fine. Yeah. Their CEO who retired, he got, like, what, a $16 million golden parachute? So he's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, because why not? <laughs> they did such a great job. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other bit of news that I wanted to get across was um, that there's evidence now beginning to arise that this was not done by just some group on the dark net or some script kitty that this was actually a state-sponsored hack by like one of the one of the countries who would have an investment in that type of information so a, a couple of people were um a couple of like white hat hackers were monitoring the tor network for the flow of stolen identities and noticed that it's actually quite normal and this um kind of alarmed them and led them to think that this may be a state-sponsored hack and they may have been targeting maybe a handful of identities, but they just kind of got, in doing so, they blanket caught like almost 44% of the U.S. <laughs> what do you guys think of that? Like, what do you guys think this, this means for the hack that it's potentially sponsored by a government and not by some script kitty or some kid looking to steal everybody's information. I think before we go down that road, I would need more proof than just people speculating, just do it based on traffic. I mean, that's cause that's such a big claim for it's, it's stuff that we already assumed the government had or kind of know that the government has, but it's like, it, what, that, why? Like what's the, there, it, there has to be a next level. So before we start speculating about that, I mean, it's obviously fun to talk about cause that's what we do on the show, but like I think that it's too too big brother of a of a thing to start looking at without without having that extra evidence or that extra step to it. Yeah, it's not, it's not the U.S. government; it's outside the U.S. So Chinese government or, or the Russian government trying to get in and steal this information. Because mm -hmm. yeah, the U.S. government already yeah. knows all this. They know everything about you. It's so. the early episode, all right. <laughs> um, all right. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with Kyle. But it is just some something to think about. It could yeah. be definitely a possibility. Right. Uh, uh, similar right. turned up about uh, the sea cleaner. I don't know if we talked about it on the show when it was the the installer for that was compromised, mm -hmm. and it turned out to be uh, just a target. Uh, for certain companies, I think Cisco, Intel, Microsoft were all the ones that were targeted. People inside those companies uh, were targeted for the C cleaner attack, and 
the reason that they infected CCleaner is because a lot of people are using CCleaner. So they, anyone who downloaded it got uh, in, sort of infected, but they didn't really care about the general people. They looked at what network that program got installed on, and then mm -hmm. they just attacked those specific uh, companies that they were interested in. So this is a very, it seems like a targeted attack because if someone was actually just grabbing these uh, social security numbers, they want to make a quick buck and go around right. and, and sell it on the dark net. And it doesn't seem like that's the case, but we need, of course, we need more evidence to prove. Yeah. Really. And I think if, if you go back six months to when the hack actually happened, you would have seen it start on the deep web back then. You would have oh, yeah. been a huge spillover if somebody was trying to turn it around really quickly. There would have been people reporting that their credit scores have plummeted or something or yeah, we would have seen something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, to go off of the Engadget article that I have linked in the show notes, um, the, the the insiders who were reviewing this data says many of the tools used in this hack were of Chinese origin and that there are a lot of similarities between the uh, China-backed breaches targeting Anthem, if anybody remembers that breach a couple years ago. Yep. A couple years ago. Um, and they were saying, yeah, it's, None of the stolen data has surfaced, which means that whoever took it wasn't really in a rush to make a profit off of it. So this wasn't, I, I, it, yeah, it, there's evidence there and there's evidence not there. And this is just another developing story. That's been so. a surprising part for me for all this Equifax stuff is like, it, we haven't had that big, like, oh crap, everyone's credit dropped a million you know, or whatever, like is dropping at a crazy rate like that that the last hat to drop basically hasn't happened yet which is kind of surprising because like you said like it's it, what do you you're just sitting on it then maybe it, and you know right that that might actually lead you back to maybe they were targeting specific people and just happened to steal everything right yeah and that's just something that we're gonna have to keep monitoring closely as this develops see, sadly and I mean, I, yeah, and maybe they, I mean, maybe they were using CCleaner. Maybe that's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they got into the system. Uh, so I, I am, I don't know. I, it's something that I know that I'm sure people may be getting tired of us talking about, but it's important. It is know? important. Yeah. I mean, it's called a, a cyber attack for a reason. It's an attack. And I think yeah. that there's, you know, a strategy that goes with an attack. So you guys are right when you say yet. I mean, I think that this information is being sat upon and they're whoever you know the actual executors of this attack are probably waiting for a time to use this information um mm -hmm. maybe they're not using it because it'll lead uh whatever authorities are investigating to the people who actually executed the attack you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. If all signs point to it being like a, like a state attack, I'm hoping the U.S. government's paying close attention to it. They should be punishing Equifax for it, honestly. Right. But um, it, it seems like it could be part of a grander scheme if you're trying to like destabilize a central currency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can, along those lines. Yeah, but it's all speculation. It's all you know. Of course, I'm just the most critical aspect of this. You know, other than people's livelihoods, in my opinion, is what reper repercussions are going to be, um, you know, come from this as a result uh, and how is this going to be treated? Like I said, as an attack, um, what, what do you do to fix that? Is it start yeah. a war? I mean, right. Yeah. Like all this changes if it's state sponsored, too. Like, exactly. Just, 
versus the hacker 4chan or like some small group or North Korea. Right, exactly. So, yeah. Oh, is that funny, so, Irvin? <laughs> <laughs> the hacker 4chan's a serious dude. Yeah, you know he's a bad dude. You don't want to mess with that guy. <laughs> but um, someone who isn't a bad dude. Uh, oh, a little God. bit of lighter news. <laughs> I'm still working on the second cup of coffee. You got to cut me some slack. Um, Bill Gates has now officially admitted that he has switched to an Android phone. And albeit that may be the Microsoft edition Samsung device, but this could very well be the final nail in the coffin for the Windows phone. And it's kind of a shame because those were great phones. They just were backed by terrible software and a horrible app store experience. So I don't know. I just wanted to quickly mention that. And, and that's why we moved on to other topics. But um, the Windows Store, I don't know if anybody has ever had any exposure to that at all. <laughs> um, it's a particularly unique app store experience. There is one game that a friend of mine had downloaded. It was called like drivey truck or something like that and the it looked like it was some side scroller like mario-esque um like truck game from like the screenshots but when he downloaded the game the it, the game itself was literally you sliding the pieces of the screenshots together to make a puzzle <laughs> <laughs> like the screenshots for the game were all of the puzzles <clears throat> in the game there's like five total puzzles sounds and, about right yeah. We, should, we should do a, uh, a direct interview with the creator of those games and to see how jazzed he gets talking about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like or the creator she. of Drive a Truck, we would like to host you on I4O. <laughs> or or she. If you're hearing this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, just I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was funny. But Did, you any, uh, did any of you guys have a uh, Windows-based device, phone or otherwise? Uh, aside from a desktop, no. I well, yeah. Sorry. Obviously, yeah. Not desktop. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever messed around with one? A little bit. I have. They're yeah. they're nice phones. I just thought the user experience was crap. Yeah. Like it was yeah, the second you turned it on. Yeah. Yeah. The phone the was great. Right at it, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get a like, okay, all right. Can yeah. you show me yeah. what it does? I'd rather not, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the main reason that it failed, it was just too late. They waited too long. Mm -hmm. They they were they were running they had Windows Mobile 6.5 before the iPhone came out, uh, right? And then the iPhone came out and then Android and then those two started getting a foothold. And then uh, Microsoft started messing around with the, I don't know if you guys remember the Microsoft Kin, the fastest kill device ever. Mm -hmm. um, wow. uh, yeah, I think it was launched on the market. Um, and then within, I think, two weeks of it launching, they killed it immediately. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> and then they launched Windows Phone, and that was already too late because the, the, like both iPhone and Android were already uh, had that, that sign significant mind share within the consumer. And now, like, and when, when Windows Phone did launch, um, they didn't have the apps for it. Like, the, nobody wanted to invest. Like, the big, like, the huge companies, like the Instagrams and Facebook, sort of invested some of their time into developing apps. But anyone else, like, really didn't put that investment um, and in, into development of apps. Microsoft tried to make it easy so that, hey, you can take your iOS uh, code and just press a button and then automatically convert it into a Windows Phone app. But that didn't even help. Um, developers are bringing over their applications, mm -hmm. and now they're. I think it's it's. Uh, they know that um, 
it's over. And now they've been, they've been bringing all the Windows apps to all the platforms and they run great. Every oh, yeah. Windows application or Microsoft application that comes out for the either iOS or Android is runs really good. I, the Outlook app is amazing. That's my favorite email app uh, right now uh, for I work. Think, I, I think they have the only... Like they're one of the only few apps on Android that has an amazing tablet experience that actually is aware of the fact that it, that it's in a, a larger screen size and it will format the entire application properly. Like it's almost one-to-one from the desktop experience. That has to be wow. because they have the money to develop that. <laughs> right, yeah. Which is good. Actually, they bought that Outlook app. They didn't actually make it. Oh, yeah? Wow. <laughs> they, they, bought the best, they, be, they bought the best third-party um mail client and then they just rebranded it outlook microsoft um, <laughs> kind of like skype yeah hey, yeah yeah except they, they kept this one good and then with, skype, <laughs> with every single update yeah, yeah i'm not a uh, huge fan of this and then there's now they went from they went from link to skype for business to microsoft teams now so yeah. they're just overwriting uh-huh. the, the same code base multiple times i think just the, trying to get it right i think the operating system itself should be commented on too like i remember the windows phone coming out with kind of that like like panel view kind of look they were going for like tiles. yeah and and it, it makes a lot of sense now and you know windows 8 even now definitely windows 10 the way that they kind of mixed it between 7 and 8 and now they've come out with 10 um mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense on like you were saying kind of a tablet and definitely a desktop but when it was on a small little smartphone and it wasn't really it was kind of in like its beta form it really just didn't work for me uh, personally yeah. oh. I remember seeing it on my friend's phone and being like, this is ugly. Yeah. And then buying an Xbox One and turning it on and being like, oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> I remember in like 2008 <laughs> seeing these Windows phones and seeing the ability to connect your Xbox Live experience into oh, it yeah. in like 2008, 2009. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever, but now it's just like, I had the only reason I thought about getting one. Yeah, yeah, that was the only thing. <laughs> drew me to it and there's then, some cool say, stuff yeah. there's some cool stuff with that i was talking to a friend yesterday actually i didn't realize this but he plays uh destiny 2 a lot i guess mm-hmm. on xbox one and yeah. he was telling me there's a chrome extension where you like install it and you can manage your inventory and like change your character loadout just on like your browser from your computer and then just updates <laughs> automatically in your game yeah, so yeah that's um, pretty awesome just worth a, commenting uh, on. Oh, what game was it? i want to say it was the uh arkham asylum on Xbox One, you could bring your Windows phone or tablet and link it to your Xbox One. And instead of having to pause for your inventory um, yeah. and like to move stuff around, you just had the tablet in front of you and that had the inventory table on it all, at all times. I think it was Arkham Asylum. It kind of reminds me of uh, like the Wii U, how you have that screen in front of you. Like if you, I remember yeah. my friend played Zelda on that and like the screen was like your inventory and stuff like that or like drawing where you shoot your arrows and then the screen. It's actually kind of where they got the idea. Yeah. You could do that in Fallout 4 also. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Fallout, yep. with the Pip Boy. But um, yeah, yeah, that's look. I mean, I I, th- I think the Windows Phone days are numbered. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I just want to go back to. Do you guys remember when uh, GTA 5 was released and that was the running joke? Is like Franklin got the uh, Android, Michael got the iPhone, yeah. and then the Trevor, uh, <laughs> the psychopath, got the Windows phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But you know what isn't numbered the days of which aren't numbered? Um, I'm just going to keep these segues going through the whole episode. Uh, the- Tell us the early episode, guys. <laughs> SpaceX uh, revealing its updated plan to go to Mars. I know Irvin was watching the stream. I didn't actually get time to watch the entire 
um, speech that Elon Musk had the other day and the plans. But do you want to lead off on this topic? I know you're passionate about the SpaceX and uh, yeah, Elon so, Musk. So about a year ago, uh, Elon got on stage um, at um, a forum to talk about their plans to going to Mars. Um, and um, from what he told in the latest uh, presentation that he did that they didn't really think after looking at it closer, it didn't seem like it would be feasible or plausible in term financially as well as actually physically getting to uh, Mars. Um, so they, th the main reasons like they need, they needed some way to fund it. So now they went back to the drawing board and they redid their plan. So uh, they've revealed that uh, they want to reach Mars by 2022, uh, which is just ridiculous. It um, is just saying that sentence. That's that's literally right around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like if overall picture, that like 2022 is like right here. We're gonna that's be five on, years from now. Yeah. yeah. Um. So five that's. Years. That's the updated plan. Uh, I'm sharing a screenshot in the TechCrunch article of the initial plan of the uh, cities uh, that they're planning to build. So that 2022 launch will be just a supply mission. So they're just going to put supplies on there uh, onto Mars. And then uh, two years later, uh, because that's about the window that you need for launching uh, to Mars, uh, that's where Earth and Mars align the closest every two years or so. Uh, mm -hmm. So in 2024, they're going to send the first uh, manned mission uh, to Mars mm -hmm. to take those supplies and start building a base. Um, so, yeah, that's that's happening. Um, well, according to Elon, yes. but I believe in anything that he might say. Uh, even even though it, he might not hit the timelines that he's talking about, um, I believe that he will get it done. In That's the always been his MO. Like he always sets these wild stretch goals and it's not so much um, when he accomplishes the stretch goal. It's the like five or six breakthroughs in technology that happen to get them to where they're at at that point when that deadline comes. Yeah. Like he set a goal to get humanity to or he set a goal to to help out with the when SpaceX first started and like not even a year later they're able to land the second stages on barges in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Like it's the goals that they hit are stuff that like imagine if NASA had put this much focus into its space missions from the 60s onwards like I was where would say, be today? It's almost 50 and, years later. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And the way that they're planning to um pay for all this is is uh by taking over kind of the space space launch uh mm -hmm. business uh so so far uh spacex is targeting to do about 20 launches by the end of this year and then by the end of next year 30 and just to give like a little perspective uh elon said there are about 60 orbital launches around the world um a year so that means that SpaceX next year will be doing half of all launches going to space. Uh, that's just ridiculous because of their price in terms like that's how much people are going with SpaceX as they're so much cheaper than everyone else because they can reuse uh, these rockets now that mm -hmm. they can land uh, successfully. I think he said they've done nine successful consecutive landings. 16. Uh, so far. 
16 in a row. 16 in a row? Yeah. yeah. That's um, even better. You know what's insane to me, too? <laughs> that he mentioned that he thinks that, uh, like, the legs for landing are unnecessary. He thinks he could just land on the takeoff, <laughs> like, uh, apparatus. Yeah. The launch mounts. It's insane. <laughs> That's He's crazy. Absolutely insane. And... Um, I love that he he has a, for these Mars launches. I think he has a rather unique name for the rocket that's going to be taking people to <laughs> to Mars. Uh, I'm not going to read yeah, out the big... acronym aloud. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's big big Falcon rocket. That's what it stands for. Big, big Falcon rocket. Uh, the big Falcon rocket. Say okay. that three times oh, fast. Yeah, that's sure. what you should do. Ah, okay. That, you know your yeah. That's it. There's a there was a it, Doom it, game that came out with a similar title. It had a different acronym, but it's the same letters. <laughs> oh man! But um, and he rocket. Um, he names all of his rockets after great yeah, stuff. Like read the instructions, and there's another one that I I can't think of the name of, but he RTFM. they always do these like trolling. Yeah, yeah, that's the part. Yeah, but the Falcon Nine was, uh, of course, the Falcon in general, the Falcon name. Was uh, of course the Millennium Falcon is the um, inspiration for that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like this bar is a fairly big rocket. It's close to to the size of the Saturn V. That's the rocket that took uh, the first man to the moon. Nice. Um, and they said it's gonna be it's gonna hold about um, hundred or so people um, comfortably. Um, if if for a let's say for a mars mission which takes a couple months so you want to make it so that you're not just sitting in one seat uh for the length for three months right you want to give like a cabin <laughs> sort of feel so like one or two people stay in that cabin mm-hmm. for the, the, the length of that trip and then uh he at the end of that he also announced that um they're gonna do trips uh, around commercial the, space flight, commercial space flight from mm-hmm. any from any point in the world you can get to in less than an hour, and in most places less than half an hour. Um, he wants to make the these flights as cost effective as flying commercial jets, which is just ridiculous. that's going to kill the airline industry. Oh yeah, yeah, you can wake up. In New York and go to work in Tokyo. That's a 30, 39 minute commute, I think. Oh my God. <laughs> most people like most. I, I like it. And I know, I know his reasoning is saying that, you know, the cost of jet or the cost of rocket fuel isn't actually that much. It's probably pretty similar to what it costs for airline fuel. But what are the, what are the G's people are going to experience on these flights? Like, how, how are people with heart conditions or older folks going to get on these rockets? And go somewhere yeah, I mean, a lot of them are going to be scared of this whole process. Yeah, yeah, it could go the way of the Concord if anybody has ever seen those planes. Yeah, they're just so dangerous and so fast. <laughs> you imagine the Snapchat filters at like twenty six thousand miles an hour going around the planet. <laughs> 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 he's just maybe he's just trying to get this pass so he can get around the world faster. That's about all, all he wants. Yeah. He's just the world's laziest person. Smart plane. Yeah. I'm. I'm also kind of curious to see like what kind of robotics he's investing in to build these lunar and Mars Martian cities. If if we're not sending uh, manned 
uh, trips in the next few years. There's got to be some kind of robotic option they plan on sending in the meantime. Yeah, so <clears throat> build the base while people aren't actually there. Yeah, or or like a well, I guess it wouldn't be big enough. I was gonna say a pre-constructed base, but you, you, you're totally right. It's gonna have to be something robotic. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for for the world travel, it's imagine being in space every day, <laughs> traveling the like the world. Most people yeah. haven't even like obviously most people haven't been in space at all. Imagine being like all these people in space on a day to day basis. Um, I just can't wait till the day that this actually becomes normal. It's just what well, yeah. I can imagine. Two things would happen. Silicon Valley would be an extremely busy place because people who are big techies but don't want to move out there don't have to now. Or you would be creating similar areas in new parts of the world um, where the you have these hubs that people are just flying to with a rocket for special um, – for, I'm sorry for 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 specific specialties or specific knowledges and like that's it, it's it's cool to think about because I mean that that area has thrived so much since tech became so big there that you can see that happen all over the world right I agree yeah and the fact that you have someone who's made as many accomplishments as you as he has to like lead this mission is it kind of get offers a little bit of confidence at least not for necessarily accomplishing the goals but like we said earlier just what happens on the way to, to achieving that goal? I wonder if he even gets so, nervous anymore. Probably not. Like, yeah, what, <laughs> we'll send point. rockets all over the world, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then with Hyperloop coming out, he's got all kinds of crazy stuff in the pipeline for his plans for improving transportation on Earth. So, in Elon Musk's future, you can take a rocket from Mars to Earth. Um, which will land in a city. You can take a rocket to another city across the world and then get in the Hyperloop to get back to your local hub. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that that's all we had for the first half. Is there anything else that we were missing or anything else you felt we needed to expand on? There, there, we missed um, the moon base as well. So they're... Oh, right, right. Mm -hmm. Wasn't part of the main uh, discussion, but he posted on Instagram that they're planning to build a moon base as well, not just the base on Mars. That could be a good hub for saving fuel and getting people to further deeper missions in space. There's less of an atmosphere to get through in order to get a ship launched from the moon. Right. And it doesn't take three months to get there. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's one light second. <laughs> but... <laughs> That would be, um, that would be definitely helping that industry. It would probably save them a ton of money on cost too. Less fuel to get to the moon, and less fuel to get off the moon to Mars. So, but um, I think now that that being said, that that is everything that we had for the first half. Um, <laughs> anybody have any closing thoughts on anything we covered, or we all set? Nope. All right. Um, well, with that being said, um, this is the end of the first half, and anybody who's sticking around will be back shortly for the beginning of the second half. Thanks for listening, guys.
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Industry 4.0 for the second half. We were a little worried that we might not have the whole crew for the second half this time. I know I say that every single episode, and we're usually coming back full force with everyone. We did it again today. We pulled it off somehow. The whole squad came back for the second half, so victory for us. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in so far. Obviously, depending on how you're watching this, you may be watching this through our Facebook stream. You may be watching it on Twitch. If you're not on Facebook, make sure you check us out, facebook.com slash industry40, all spelled out. Twitch.com, same thing, twitch.com slash industry40, all spelled out. You can also find us on iTunes. This video will be available later on YouTube. You can find us on Google Play, Industry 4.0. Our main hosting for the podcast is industry 4.0, all spelled out, dot podbean.com. Gotta love Podbean, doing good things for us here. Most importantly, if you like what you're hearing, if you find it informative, if you find it important like we feel at times it can be, share it with people. Like, subscribe, rate us, let people know how exciting it is to listen to this show, and we'll keep giving you exciting stuff to talk about. The most exciting thing to talk about right now, though, has been Amazon trying to take over the friggin' world. Mm-hmm. Amazon had a huge announcement. I mean, you can't even specify what it was about. It was about anything and everything, showing off all kinds of new products. I don't know which one of us was most excited about it. Uh, where do you guys want to start off? What's the, what's the most exciting thing? What stuck out the most to you guys? Um, just to start, uh, this announcement kind of came out of nowhere with Amazon. They just announced um, on the 28th, I think was the date or the 27th that they were just releasing an entire update to their current line of Echo products as well as several new products that are coming off. So just to kind of start off, they are iterating on their original Amazon Echo and they're releasing a new Echo at $99, which is a lot cheaper than the original $170 Echo when it originally released. So this is apparently going to be the same Echo, but with an updated speaker and an all-new design. So I don't know about you guys, but I think the cloth design approach for these new products is actually a really nice aesthetic and fits much better into a typical home environment. Um, I'd be much more except I'd be much more willing to sit this on like an end table or on a shelf than I would like the the old black Pringles can that was the old <laughs> Amazon Echo, the real tall one. Yeah, yeah, making it, making it stylish and making it fit into the aesthetic that you might be that you already have going on within your house mm-hmm. is a smart move because it makes it less like of a a tech purchase and more of a, like a thing that you buy for your house and that mm-hmm. looks nice but also does all this smart home features. Um, but they also updated the old one as well and that they reduced the price. Uh, so they still have, if you like the old ty- style of the Echo, the old cylinder, the Pringles can, as, as Mac called it. Um, uh, now that's called the Echo Plus, and it's $149 instead of $179. Um, yeah. All of these include improved, uh, everyone says much improved speaker quality, and now dedicated woofer as well in there. Um, and a tweeter, and it's also got Dolby Sound. Yeah, Dolby Sound. So it should give better uh, uh, music playback quality. Um, I think they're trying to compete with the HomePod. I know that's not out yet, but mm-hmm. um, they Apple touted the the quality, the the sound quality of that um, highly when they first announced it. So, um, but there are all these, including the, the new Echoes as well as the Google Home, is a lot cheaper than the HomePod. Um, mm-hmm. But 
that's no surprise there. Apple likes to put their yeah. tax and on their stuff. The, the Echo Plus, one of the perks that you were you hinted on is it actually comes with a smart home hub inside of it. So this could be connect this could be used to connect this device to things such as Philips Hue light bulbs and Samsung smart things devices. Um, it's a way to kind of eliminate the hub that people have like laying underneath of a shelf or like inside of a drawer somewhere or yeah. something for like the Philips Hue bulbs. And I know like mine is behind a box <laughs> in the corner of the room. It's not even sitting on a shelf anywhere or in any convenient place. It's literally as close to the wall as possible on its side stuffed into a corner. So it's something that could be good is now we're beginning to see where we can consolidate these devices into um, into less and less things and have more compatibility across technologies. So, and Speaking of the Philips Hue bulb, apparently uh, every Echo Plus is going to be coming with a Philips Hue bulb. Mm -hmm. um, so for $150, you are going to get the, the hub in the Echo Plus. Obviously, like we said, it's going to look more like a a tech item than like something that you that fits with your your current decor uh but you do get like a jump start to the smart home so it's basically the way i look at it especially with the cheap much cheaper prices is that one that has the cloth finish is more for people who know their friend that has one mm -hmm. and then the echo plus is more for people like us who are very up on technology and and don't care if it necessarily fits or maybe it does already fit our decor because it's got like this sleek silver look and like we're tech heads, so we want to show it off where someone else might be like, eh, you know, I want this little clock. I think with these two products, you not only get a jump start to have people coming in <clears throat> into the smart home realm, excuse me, uh, but you also expand your market uh, with the the cloth finish on the cheaper model to people who may not have necessarily gone at it because like Irvin said, it, it feels less like a tech purchase that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more like a home decor yep. type option. That's... It's nice. And those two Echoes weren't the only things that they announced. They announced a whole slew of products such as, um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look into these anymore, but the Echo buttons that they released, yeah. they're going to be selling um, them. Uh, a two-pack will be sold for $20. So, And they haven't really announced much that they're going to do with these buttons, but um, the example they showed during their event was using these buttons in a in almost like a trivia type game scenario. So more of like a family experience with the buttons and they come with LEDs and uh, connect with any Echo device, including the Echo Dot, which a lot of people own. So, so. I, I like the price point on these, but I, I'm not a fan of the, the look that they have personally. Yeah. I think they remind they, me of those easy buttons that yeah. was that, uh, Staples. Staples, yeah. 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 <laughs> Or I think like Amazon, they, they, I think, uh, came out with buttons like that too, didn't they? The um, Echo the dash, Dot, I think, or dash or Dot. Oh, yeah. da the dash, dash, buttons. dash, that's what dash. it was, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, so the if if they open up the API right for these, the, it, the possibilities could be, like, endless. Right. One useful feature, I, the, the trivia doesn't really do anything for me. That's like, okay. Agreed. Um, trivia game but like let's say you put one at twenty dollars a pair for these you could put one in a room and with all these smart home devices i know it's nice to control them with your voice but sometimes you just want a physical button you just press and turn on or off all your lights like let's yeah. say you put one of these in each room 
and you just press the button and whatever. If it's on, it turns it off. If it's off, it turns it on. And you can program which ones you want per room. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a, a good, a interesting use case for me personally. The, yeah, the trivia thing really doesn't play mm-hmm. to what I would think to use something like this for. Yeah, I think for the button, the more practical use for it is acting or using it like some sort of intercom through a house. So if you like hit the button, you want to talk to somebody in a different room. I don't yeah, know if that way you get the mic. Microphone. I don't think they built it in, but I think it'd be a good. <laughs> it'd be, it would work jump if in. it's got proximity to the closest Echo device. That would be right. something that if it if it's aware of which device is closest, it would connect that in the intercom to another device where someone hit the button. I can see someone writing a skill for that on Amazon. Maybe if it but, has uh, the latest GPS uh, device, it can. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be a lot more accurate. <laughs> accurate than 30 centimeters. Unless you got them closer than 30 centimeters. <laughs> one, uh, one idea I had, or well, not I had, that I started thinking of when, when reading uh, about the buttons was it, it immediately made me think of way back, I forget which company it was, we started talking about the potential for uh, smart items in the home or smart bulbs to talk to each other to make mm-hmm. the communications more accurate and quicker. You could see something like, you know, if you have the home and you want to turn on lights upstairs already or something upstairs, you can talk to your main echo or your main, what you know, the, the dot, whatever it is, and that'll communicate via Bluetooth to a button and that button will connect to another button. And, that could, and like that's, mm-hmm. they can kind of talk and make things quicker that way rather than the um the echo talking to each individual item each individual room it made me i forget which company it was but they started talking about how the bulbs could talk to each other and turn everything on quicker in the home when you get into the home side so that that was where my head went right away i could see these being used for a, a huge variety of cases that like you were saying and i've even uh, danced with the topic of using them for triggers for sending notifications to someone so like you go to uh, like if, like, let's say you have a smart washer or a smart dryer, you uh, throw your laundry and hit the button, and then it takes the timer remaining on the wash and sets an alarm on your phone or something like that for how much time is left on your wash. Um, I could see this going to be something triggering. Like, let's say you can do events where you string multiple uh, smart devices and actions together in one. So when you walk into a room, you hit the button, the lights, um, the lights will, uh, turn on and all your blinds will come down or something like that. Yeah. Or, um, even something Barry as White starts as... playing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of Quagmire. <laughs> and, um, even something as simple as putting a little bit of padding on like your door and putting it on a wall. And when someone comes into the room, the doors hits the button and it's like, Hey, someone came in this room. Or something like that or like put it inside of a cabinet or something the possibilities are endless and I, like i said if they open up the api right for developers it, it really can pretty much do anything that mm-hmm. um, they can imagine up which as we're talking now is is quite a bit of stuff just us just thinking about yeah but mm-hmm. on this episode yeah, that wasn't the weirdest thing no <laughs> i like so the there's there's others so the next one is the Echo Connect, which yes. <laughs> I found really interesting. So um, the the t- line here on TechCrunch, ever wish you could connect your Amazon Connect to your landline? Uh, well, you can now. Um, <laughs> so, I, so the Echo devices added the ability to make calls over uh, voice or over IP. 
the Google Home added that feature as well. So you can call landlines. But one of the downsides with that is um, you can't uh, call 911 because it can't uh, communicate the location of where you're calling from from for 911. So it's it might have it's a safety kind of feature. Uh, so I think this may be because of that. So you can add like a physical location so you can actually make real phone calls to um, outside lines, including 911. I don't know if 911 is in is part of this, but this, uh, doesn't this also uh, another advantage of this is it will utilize your actual landline number as well. Yes. So yeah. it won't generate a phone number. I know a lot of people are getting rid of their landline. They're just relying on their mobile phone at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know if it comes with. Is there a service fee included with this? So the cost is right now thirty thirty five dollars. You want to pre order now? Is there a if you want to attach this to your landline? Do you need to pay a monthly fee to make those phone calls, or they just does it just come with it? I'm not sure. Right, I'm that I'm not sure about, and I'm looking at the um, Echo Connect on the on Amazon for the the page they have for it, and it doesn't look like it does. I don't want to announce anything ahead of time, but I'm just it. Do, they don't mention anywhere in the how to that this adds any additional cost or has a service fee or anything. Yeah. It looks like it's oh um see so yeah they have a, in their FAQ how much does Alexa calling and messaging cost and it says it's free. Nice. So, Interesting. This just this just works in with your existing landline and just kind of adds functionality to it. So this is like you were saying not many people have a landline but for those people who do or uh, live in houses that do this can be a good way of introducing um, this kind of technology and making an existing thing a little smarter. Yeah. So. I, I kind of like this. This is a, yeah, for thirty five dollars. If you don't have a landline now, you can. And if you have an Amazon Echo for thirty five dollars, you can add a landline so you can actually call uh, phones or real mm-hmm. phones. Because right now, like the Amazon Echo, the calling feature was Echo to Echo, not outside. I know the Google one has Google Voice, so they could tie it to an actual phone number. They didn't. They don't need this extra device. But it looks like for the Echo it does need this extra mm-hmm. uh, device to actually make phone calls. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it definitely but is. There, like... there is more. Yeah, I want to save the weirdest uh, thing. A lot of stuff. Yeah, I want to save the, the weirdest thing for last and go on to the other pure product releases that they had. But um, to move on to the next one, they did announce the their official competition to the Google... Um, Chromecast Ultra and the Apple TV, they're announcing their 4K Fire Stick for only $70, which is it's very nice that to finally see Amazon catching up with the rest of the industry and releasing a, a fully 4K device. And this thing is going to be pretty powerful if I'm if I'm if I was reading the spec sheet right. It's got 4K video up to 60 frames per second with um, a quad-core CPU built into it, as well as a uh, Amazon voice control support. So, and it can be controlled by Echo devices. So, this is a pretty nice device for anybody looking to get into the smart TV uh, area without 
going and there. And getting this comes in the same price as the Chromecast Ultra, which mm -hmm. which also does 4K. But the the Chromecast is nice. I really like every time that I use my Chromecast. But for actual like what I would say, quote, quote, quote unquote, normal people, they have a hard time <laughs> getting their. <laughs> They have a hard time not using a device without a remote since they're so used to using a remote with the Chromecast, your phone becomes the remote. Mm -hmm. I think that the way that Amazon has been approaching this is really smart by offering a remote, even with their stick devices, they don't rely having your phone around. It just yeah. makes it easy to navigate an interface um, on your TV because everybody's used to using a remote with their TV anyway. Um, they don't have to change the way that they're interacting with their TV, changing the channel or moving from app to app, things like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really smart that they're including uh, a remote with this, uh, with the voice services. You just press a button talking. Yeah. To yeah. I completely agree too. It'd be easier to get someone. Uh, I know my dad picked up a, a Chromecast for the house and he was like, so where's the interface on this? Where do like, what can I do with it? And I was like, you just send stuff to it from your phone. It's, it's like a passive device that utilizes any video player that your phone supports and he was like oh okay like i think he'd be much more inclined to use a device that came with a remote it's a much more familiar form factor yeah i uh, i think i'm most excited about this release set of all the ones that were announced personally um mm -hmm. i love the price and just just to clarify it's called a fire tv it's not a fire stick this time um okay but i, I like the look of it I, I like the capabilities i'm reading about um it's saying that it, it runs on android nougat um and you can do some cool new things with it that you couldn't do on previous uh, releases like you can there's picture in picture video within apps now so for example if you're if you're like the example given here by Engadget in this article I'm reading is that you know you're watching a, a show or something like that if you want to modify a setting or check something else you can do that on the fly while you're still watching your show um, yeah. there's time shifting so you can pause and rewind live videos you can record content so it's not like you're not going to be like, you know, ripping from Netflix or something like that, but you can do mm -hmm. things like DVR um, or capture games that you're playing. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff is just exciting to see in uh, a small standalone device. Um, right. I like the game capture. Yeah, the game capture is a good feature. For sure. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the cheapest of the smart TV devices that comes with Atmos support. I believe you're for right. Dolby, for Dolby Atmos. So anybody who's got, um, who's either a home theater geek or has like a, who's a bit of an audiophile for their home technology, then this is a good device if you want, if you're looking to save a little bit. But um, I think the only other ones that do that are the Apple TV and the NVIDIA Shield at this time that actually can bring you that level of audio quality. I, I could be wrong, but I kind of wanted to I talk. Think it's right up there with those devices. I kind of wanted to talk about that when we were talking about. Um, you know, the echoes earlier in the show, I was wondering, I don't know if this is something that is already existing or if it's something that's maybe coming down the pipe, but do you guys think that those could be used as surround sound speakers in the future? Oh, I could see that. Yeah. That's a good thought, especially now that they're adding yeah. the, the Dolby support to the echo. I would love to, you know, have wireless speakers. Cause I don't know about you guys with your home theater audio, if that exists for you too, if you have sound bars, whatever. I have a home theater system, and my least favorite thing about it is the wires running around my room. Yeah. yeah. Well, with Bluetooth 5.0 and, and the Amazon Echo devices being Bluetooth compatible, I'd imagine someone could at least hack something like that together. 
Yeah. Or now that they put together where you can sync up the music. So if you sync up multiple echoes to play the same music all over your house, um, this could potentially tie use that type of syncing to send different audio like the back channel to right uh, that'd be interesting i'm not sure if they uh they are planning to launch something like that but it's pretty cool right i'm also kind of curious to see if there's like how long it will take before that gets jailbroken so to speak like the last like the previous fire sticks were because i know a lot of the like cody and Plex, they run off the XBMC and Amazon actually they back a lot of the content cloud service wise. Mm-hmm. So I feel like on the back end they kind of promote that sort of marketing. They could, yeah, but I think that either way someone's gonna find a way to get Cody running on a <laughs> smart TV device, whether they <laughs> yeah. explicitly. Yeah. That's like yeah. the one goal that everybody has with this type of technology. Right. So now it's like Cody in 4K with that. So mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be a big seller. Yeah, it's yeah. Gonna, that's surely going to stream well, right? Yeah, well, um, yeah. maybe at Urban's house, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, another device that yeah, uh, I think it's it's really uh, cute. It's like the uh, the Chumby's making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Chumby. Very but, vaguely, uh, but yes. Uh, the Echo Spot. Which is the pretty much the miniature version of an Echo Shows, the way I thought of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a circular device with a, a circular screen on it and also a camera, built-in camera, so you can make video calls with it. Um, and its main function is built as an alarm clock uh, on your bedside table. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with having a camera on my bedside table. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's cute. Uh, very interesting looking. I don't uh, know if it's $130 cute. No. Yeah, the price yeah. tag on it is kind of steep. Yeah. It, yeah. it does do all the same things that the Echo does already. So it's, I mean, it's yeah. just an Echo that looks different and has a clock on it. Yeah. This would be yeah this would be one of those things that i put like a sticky note over that camera or something right if i ever bought it yeah until it's needed and then you yeah because i don't know how often i want to conference people from bed so <laughs> it seems like a stationary smartwatch. yeah <laughs> yeah in a way pretty much <laughs> you're tethered to the wall i'm not a uh, this this one doesn't excite me personally no, it didn't didn't really. It's just another iteration on their device, and we can get into that a little later when we talk about like what the like Amazon is as, as a company itself. But um, the last thing, and possibly the best thing that I'm the most excited for, is that Amazon has announced that they were um, enabling support with its gadgets API, which will let them connect to various external devices, and one of them is the infomercial star big mouth billy bass do you guys remember those yes of course i do (laughs) they're they're gonna be able to sing along to the songs that are being played through your echo yeah they're lip-syncing tunes that you play on the echo yeah well oh my god my favorite is a little line at the end of it just because why not (laughs) (laughs) why not just give big mouth billy bass the ability to sing making a comeback this is totally like a crowd pleaser oh yeah guys i have that fish thing come over (laughs) did you guys see the 
somebody actually took uh, like they gutted an Echo Dot and embedded the technology inside of one of these big mouth Billy Basses, so that way you could play, like you could use it as an Echo. That would be terrifying. It's just like Jesus. Like, hey Billy. <laughs> yeah, hey Billy. Yes. <laughs> Turn my lights on. Just like flops off the wall. <laughs> it can make awful that would puns. Be- it's finished <laughs> yeah this is the first smart home technology that's both excited and terrified me at the same time yeah but yeah. like overall, terrifying the battery started to die <laughs> big story <laughs> oh i thought i thought you're going more along the route of when the battery dies you don't have it anymore no I... <laughs> just get completely reliant on billy the bass the gadgets api i think uh lets you tie it to any external like the bat the bass the fish was just one example of it but you gotta say the full name it's big mouth billy bass Um, nah big mouth billy bass (laughs) dropping the bass (laughs) oh man but um so with that we had amazon releasing their technology we have the home pod coming out we have the google home and we have the Samsung smart things, and they're probably going to announce something with Bixby next year for their home. Um, what do you guys think about this whole rush to be the, the number one smart home voice assistant technology? What do you think? Um, who do you think is going to win? Uh, do you think, I mean, it's going to be probably for me down to Amazon and Google because they've already got a stake in this industry. But do you guys think that with this massive variety of things, this blanket, covering of smart devices that amazon's doing versus google's more targeted um ai backed technology who do you think and i'm curious to hear each of your opinions on it who do you think is going to be the number one the top dog in this industry bigsby calling it now <laughs> come from behind victory get out I, get out i think, I think joke, by the way just just to clear that up that was a joke no <laughs> don't, don't at me people um, but, yeah, go, go, go for it, Kyle. I, I personally think it's going to be Amazon. Um, I think with the moves that you saw in this announcement, uh, they're clearly going more towards the general public uh, with their wide variety of options and different looks and sleeker looks and dropping the price so heavily from the first time around. Um, you know, they're putting all these things out there. And like, I mean, Irvin, you even said you're like, it's cute. Like stuff that they do, they're like, it's like people see it and they're like, oh, yeah, I would get that. It might not even be for the whole home experience, but it's that first step into that experience. And I think they're going to be uh, end up being the leaders or at least in most places, I think you'll probably still see Apple be the most profitable at the end of it just because they're so expensive. But yeah, the Apple tax makes up for the lost and sold <laughs> units. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so but, um, uh, go ahead. I, I think that um, I, I think we live in an age of agoraphobia. And I think that for that reason, uh, Amazon's going to take the, the cake here. Just with all the, you know, not just the services they provide for like streaming and things like that, but for their 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 foothold in market, like with sales and deliveries, I think that that is like the huge edge that they have here. Yeah. Um, between the other ones, if we want to talk about that, because I, I personally think Amazon's, you know, gonna um, win this market, but Google between Google and Apple, Samsung, um, Siri. I think there was news recently. If you guys saw that they switched from their search engine from Bing to Google, did you see that? I did see that. Yeah. 
So that makes it a, a closer contest between Apple and Google for me. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know. What do you guys think? I think Google. I think the Android like footprint think, is a little more uh, connected with this. Yeah, yeah. I think the way I, I do agree with you guys. I think Amazon may come out on top for the consumer grades uh, home technology as the the Echo does. Um, any, it does most anything that anyone who's looking for a cheap entry level um, path into a smart home, it would fulfill any of their needs. Like you can pick up an Echo Dot for $50. But um, I think that people looking for a more premium experience or people who are more invested in a certain ecosystem, I could see them going for Google or for um, for Apple for their smart devices. Because I could anybody who's um, 100% invested in their calendar for Google Calendar who uses Google Play Music or Spotify or someone who's looking for, uh, who's very familiar with the Assistant itself or have used the Google Now when it was available on, on phones like that. I think that that would be more targeted towards them because it comes at a little bit of a higher price point, but it's a bit more of a premium experience and it fits a little more nicely into their particular use case. So I think that it's going to be you're going to see Google and Apple fill into a more of a niche market for this type of technology. And you'll see Amazon be that blanket cover. Cause I know a lot more people with a prime account than I do with either a Google phone or an app or an iPhone. Like, right. So. And they have to the share cause they have, they were first on the market. So everyone's right. got used to their Amazon echo that just even the commercials on TV is like, Oh, this is like a new thing. And then I Google jumped on it. And now Apple's mm-hmm. gonna do it by the end of this year, um, but just for having that that head start, I think they have a better mind share in in terms of the consumer. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, I know what an Amazon Echo is because I've seen the commercials, or they're uh, they either seen it at a friend's house or um, things like that. But also that cheaper price, the Echo Dot. I think uh, you you mentioned it. Um, Matt, you saw it in uh, during last Christmas in uh, all the stores. People were buying them by uh, the handful. Yeah. Uh, they were so cheap, so discounted. They were like, using them as stocking stuffers. Um, Amazon sold them like beer. You could buy them in six packs. Like you could yeah. get, yeah. Like, they, it looked like a six pack of beer, but it was full of Echo Dots. Well, and they see, also that's the same. There's as the bigger one, right? Um, same, same type of function. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing, and I know, I know I spoke about this before because they use these devices to collect data. Like that's their sole purpose on their end. I'm surprised they don't give these out for free with Prime subscriptions, since most people already had them. Like you said mm-hmm. earlier, Matt, or a lot of people have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be and, a good marketing scheme would be just to include one of their cheapest devices with the subscription, so people are already introduced to the market. They already have one in their house, and more comfortable to go. All right, well, I'll go get another one that's a little more high tech. Because mm-hmm. right. I, right, I don't. Yeah. Personally, feel comfortable putting one of these in my house yet? Like, I still like. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. Google Home. I don't want any, anything. I already have a webcam and smartwatch. I'm always like, uh, these are probably listening to me already. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to limit the devices that do that. You know? Right. And um, the the other thing that we're not touching on, and also goes back to kind of what we were hinting at at the beginning of the of the discussion for Amazon is. Uh, as of June this year, they have over 15,000 skills associated with the Echo itself and with their voice assistant. Uh, so they've already got such a 
massive advantage they've saturated the the field with skills for basically anything whether it be cooking or shopping or uh trivia games uh family stuff like they're they're already so deeply invested in that market itself that um it's so much easier for someone to find what they're looking for through an amazon device so i i could totally see that um the echo winning purely because like urban said it's been there longer i think the echo itself is coming up on its third year <laughs> um if you look at all the way back to its original release so it's been around for as far as product lines go it's been around for a while so i could see amazon having it's already got a huge advantage but to see companies like google and apple catching up with them so quickly it it'll be interesting to see where this market is at in two years another two years once google's had enough time to establish itself because i know we covered in uh their leaks that came out and we'll find out this on tuesday but they announced the google home mini and or that that leaked and that could be a competitor to the echo dot so maybe in two years we would see google and amazon going head to head for the smart home technology, trying to price each other out. Yeah, and there's also a rumor for the Amazon Echo Show um, competitor from Google. Mm -hmm. And that uh, is kind of interesting because uh, Google recently removed the ability for the Echo Show to play YouTube videos, mm -hmm. um, which is, I know that uh, Google and, and Amazon have been fighting uh, here and there because the chromecast devices aren't sold on amazon stores uh neither are any android tv devices um while well, the android tv might be back because they added uh specifically to the shield the amazon uh video store but um and now that google is fighting back they're like oh yeah you can't play youtube videos on our echo show on your echo show and then that adds fuel to the fire that they might be releasing a c competitor to that. So now you, you have to get the Google version to play YouTube videos on there. Uh, it's kind of interesting. See, this is what we need in the tech space right now. We need a good, just gritty rivalry. Give me <laughs> Red Sox Yankees. Give me Tupac Biggie. Get a hype man out there. Let's go. <laughs> mm. For me, it's Amazon, yeah. Google battling out in the streets for the next three years. For me, this is 100% a race to uh, to see who dominates the market of smart juicing technology. It <laughs> <laughs> would juice Sarah out of the market. That's an open field. Yeah, it's wide open. Who's gonna? Who wants it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a, just a little I shout out to the first episode, the pilot episode. Yes. <laughs> I could totally see that happening too. Someone breaking into that juice market and just destroying, just taking everybody else out. Make me some orange Whichever, juice now. It's a matter of, <laughs> it's a matter of whoever taps into it first. But um, I'm excited to see where this takes us and where this goes. Um, with the, with Amazon, like they're kind of going a bit echo crazy. Like they're just releasing something Amazon connected for literally any possible use case. Yeah. All the way down from like picking clothes out to playing trivia at home. So like, I th like I said, it'll be interesting to see where we're at in like two years. I think that um, with the advent or yeah, the advent of AR technology and the smartphone and the home in general, I think it's going to be nuts to see what comes from Amazon. Um, when we're looking at, I think it was a previous episode with uh, trying on clothes before you actually go mm -hmm. to a store or buy them or anything. Um, I can look. 
yeah just i mean there's there's other like the ikea app now where you can place furniture in your home with ar and kind of see what it looks like i shared that on our facebook page for iforo not too long ago um that that home marketplace that amazon brings to the table is going to be insane when those kind of things become commonplace yeah. i'm excited for those things though yeah the clothes and the IKEA and stuff like that. that. I mean, it's that's the stuff that gets me, uh, gets me all jazzed up. <laughs> it's I'm not... still waiting for my first drone delivery. Amazon. How long ago they announced the drone delivery service? Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah, a while ago. See what happens. You know, instead instead of uh, okay, hit the button when you need to get more Tide Pods for your wash. It's gonna be this is what your Tide Pods dash would look like if it was full. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like us to buy yeah, it? Do you want some more? Click the button and order yeah. it. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, with that, I think. Uh, does anybody have any more closing topics? One on? more note from Amazon. One more note. Tell me. No new Kindles. Yeah. yeah. They didn't true. announce a new Kindle this year. Yeah, I was surprised. Their Kindles are starting to age. Yeah. So what, the last one was over a year ago, I think. I think so. So it's... Uh, for all you e-readers out there, yeah, maybe. they're not loving them right now. Maybe, the, maybe we'll see something next year once they stop adding Echo to literally everything. <laughs> going to be the the Echo e-reader. You're going to be able to buy like tissue boxes with like Amazon connected. Probably. Yeah. Your cold is getting twenty five percent better. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, getting low. Press the button to order them. Maybe yeah. the Kindle. It'd be weird if they. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You first. So it'd be weird if they embedded the uh, assistant into the dash buttons. That would be very strange. It would be hard to do, but uh, that would be an interesting thing if they decided to do that. That way you could like literally order that product with your voice instead of hitting a button. I wouldn't be surprised could... at all to see that. Yeah. Um, it'd be kind of creepy if you were just having a conversation where you used the word buy and then Amazon's trying to <laughs> sell you stuff. Um, yeah. But I guess you'd have to say like some kind of trigger command. But um, to comment on the Kindles, um, I'm, I know I'm kind of obsessing over AR in the past couple of minutes, but I'm wondering if maybe um, with some advances in that, if they're waiting for a new type of platform as opposed to this like a tablet looking thing, maybe... Um, if there's something around the bend that we're not privy to, uh, mm -hmm. with a heads up display or something like that, maybe they're trying to bring reading or that kind of content to a new platform. Yeah. A couple of these companies are looking into releasing glasses that are exactly AR compatible. Right. So I'd be interested to see if Amazon did that, like the Echo C <laughs> where you can like where you can view Amazon from right in front of your face. Do you think that they're going to get rid of the name Kindle, though, if that happens? I don't think they would. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. I'd be interested to see where this... Because, like, in two years, this whole product line could be completely overhauled and different to yeah. see, depending on where Google and Amazon push, or Google and uh, Apple push them. Yeah, I would think so. that with, with like, the like um, introduction of new types of technology, they're probably going to come out with new buzzword names for them. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah, just an opinion. They're gonna they're gonna run out of verbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Echo look show. Yeah. Dot uh, like I don't know. They're gonna run out of a lot of stuff. But um. Echo but stall. Yeah, I think <laughs> Echo stall. Stall, as stall, in uh, delay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
does anybody else have any closing tips or closing points on on the discussion or anything we can get into the into plugging anybody's work that they might be doing um i just kind of want to say uh to to the listeners out there um this this market is evolving as we're, we're talking a lot about the future what's to come um, when it comes to amazon even reflecting back in the first half on things like spacex um if you have any interest in these topics you know let us know what you like what you don't like um if you have any opinions feel free to share those as well on our page we do moderate that you may not get featured or anything like that but we'd like the open forum and discussion uh with the people who are into what we're talking about so please let us know uh what you think about these topics definitely also if you have any topic ideas that you you know maybe you heard somebody talking about in the office you don't know where to go to do the research or don't under, quite understand it, throw that out to us and we can definitely uh, go delve in deeper uh, here on the, on the podcast. So. Yeah. We try to cover the big stuff, but if anybody has anything that they would like, we, I don't know if, if anybody else has caught on to it, but we've been kind of going into a, like a targeted second half going in in depth on a single topic or uh, news bit or product release or something. So if anybody has anything for either the first half or for a larger in-depth thing that they're curious about, whether it be something as simple as the Google products or something as complex as Bitcoin, then we could kind of do a deep dive on any of those topics. So I'd be curious to see what the listenership wants to listen to and wants to learn about. Exactly. So, and, I'm, and I'm more than willing to, to do the research and deliver accurate and well-organized news. All right. Well, if uh, nobody has anything else, everybody good? Uh, yeah. Anybody know? Anybody want to talk about where people can find them? Sure. I'll do. I'll do the first plug of a few. Uh, yes. Just if you're interested in seeing my previous work or what's to come in terms of the beats you hear on this show um, or other things I've created, you can find me on SoundCloud.com/freh. Thanks. Not to be confused with Thompson's hat. Right. There's an extra S in there. Just put a line through it. <laughs> we'll add it in post. We'll add a new post. profile right. picture. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I plug every week. Uh, so we're going through a little bit of a transitionary period for my uh, for my other podcast right now. Uh, trying to figure out exactly what direction we're we're going to go and or how often we're going to do it. But if you like professional wrestling at all. In any way, shape, or form, please check out and let me know how you like uh, On Air with Keenan and Kyle. You can find us pretty active Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Twitter's at On Air Keenan Kyle. So to take out the uh, with and end. Um, <clears throat> and then we're also on a, excuse me on iTunes as well. You just search On Air with Keenan and Kyle. It's a red symbol. says On Air with Keenan and Kyle on the symbol. And you can see my face like that uh, <laughs> on, the, on the, the emblem as well. Um, and then if you just want to, you know, Follow me, you know, at Kyle Fisher 45 on Twitter. If you want to uh, give me a follow. Nice. Ryan, I know you got a lot of stuff you're working on. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm just right now, I'm still just focusing on my photography mainly. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Wayne Ryan one. Um, I try to follow you, follow you back. If you follow me, I'm not the best at my Instagram game yet, but you know, trying to step it up a little bit. You can also find me on Flickr. Uh, it's flickr.com backslash photos backslash Wayne R. Thompson. Nice. Also, that video that you recently posted was epic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. On that, man. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So, 
I opened up a, a new YouTube channel. If you guys want to go check that video out, it's uh, West Town Crew. Uh, so it's just West Town, all one word, and then Crew. You can find it on YouTube. All right. Yeah, just just to give my own opinion here, Ryan is putting out some ridiculously awesome stuff. So good stuff, Ryan. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So uh, with with all that being said, um, this has been episode 21 of Industry 4.0. Thank you, as always, for tuning in, and we hope to have you again next week.